Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you as always for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 296. We're talking why I use food delivery apps. This is episode six of Best Served Custom Volume 1. Ease of ordering has been the focus all about the customer journey, our experiences, our expectations, what it means, especially today in a digital landscape to to navigate being a, a restaurant diner. And today specifically talking about delivery apps. They have been a massive disruption for the industry. There's been amazing access to new audiences. Uh, I think a lot about uh, the ability to kind of expand the chef influence into the suburbs, into all kinds of new markets. And there's also the vulnerability of high fees and some of the ways that um, uh, practices are performed within that space that restaurants kind of struggle with. Yet the one thing I want to make sure no matter what, we get this out of today. For restaurants, you have got to, you have got to celebrate any person who's willing to spend $1 of their hard-earned money with you. However they do that, you have got to celebrate it. And one of the reasons I wanted to have this show specifically is because I just see too many of my contemporaries demonizing people because they don't like the way in which they're ordering and spending money with you. And that just has to go away. It cannot be somebody's fault because they are spending money with you that you're not doing as well as you could be or should be. And so I just want to make sure and like set that tone. I am 100% on the side of people willing to spend money with the restaurants, however they're willing to do that. It's for us to navigate how we make that the most effective, the most approachable, accessible, the most affordable, all of the things that are the responsibility of business to decide and navigate for themselves. So I want to make sure and lay that out. And I got three guests with me. We're going to talk through this topic a little bit. We're just going to say, you know, why we use them. What's the convenience? How does it fit into our lifestyle? And kind of see where it goes. And uh, nothing, no expectations for me. I just want to really highlight the human experience on all sides of the equation. You know, that's why we do what we do. So best serve custom experiences and expectations from the customer standpoint is a really important channel for me. We get in we get in our bubble. We get to tunnel vision sometimes in restaurants. So I want to talk about that. All right. I'm going to bring on one at a time, Alyssa Levine, who uh, is a friend of the show now. Alyssa, good to see you. You're out in Delaware. Is that right? Yes, that's right. I moved here uh, about a year ago. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, you have been instrumental with Best Serve. So I'm so excited. We actually invited you to be on the show because we interacted on social media. You had something to say about this topic. And then since then, you've kind of come on board and helped us on the Clubhouse app. So I've been really excited that you've uh, hosted several rooms with us and helped us moderate and make sure I don't mess anything up on the robots. So I appreciate that. So it's exciting to actually get you back to the first interaction that we had of getting you on the show was this topic. So at a high level, just for you, 
You know, when you think about ordering food, getting it delivered to your door, why is that something you like the highest level? Uh, definitely convenience. I mean, convenience is number one. Um, for many years now, I think about six years, you know, I've worked, a have worked at a job where, you know, it, it was almost a two hour commute to and from I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I work long hours and I just want the convenience of food coming to me. You know, <laughs> I was usually too lazy to cook. I was too tired, just mentally, physically, I was just worn out. Um, and food delivery was important for me, you know, yeah. because I just, it's how I felt I could take care of myself. Um, probably use it too much, but <laughs> no, no such thing as too much. I, I love that. Like you're, you're going to get, so you're going to get feds one way or another and your choices used to be a lot less. You can get pizza, Chinese food, a hungry man dinner from the grocery store, or like frozen TV dinner or eat some stale popcorn. Like there's <laughs> not a lot of options when you're working, like you're working and you're commuting and all that. So I, I appreciate that. And again, it has to be something that's celebrated. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, I want to bring in Shana now, uh, who's out on the opposite coast. Shana, uh, Portland, right? Portland, yeah. Okay. So for you, same same question at a, at a high level, kind of why does uh, the, the food delivery app fit into your lifestyle? Um, I think if I were to kind of narrow in it, maybe looking at like the last year since COVID or whatever, it Fair. kind of gave, gave me an opportunity to still eat at the places that I liked and do so safely. You know, so if I loved a restaurant and I didn't feel like comfortable putting the service staff at risk or whatever, you know, I would use the delivery app so that I could still like have those experiences, but in my home, you know, so get yep. the food that I loved at the restaurants that I love um, without compromising my health or others. Um, so it's kind of served in that capacity. I would say like I'm using them a lot more often. The last yeah. Week. You know, and you mentioned something. It's like the places that you that you love, you still want to have them be a part of your life, even though you may not be going to the restaurant. And so yeah. the convenience one that Alyssa mentioned, but also staying connected to something that's meaningful to you. You know, the, the term comfort food gets thrown around all the time and everything is comfort food. Yet in this time, I felt myself being like, what are the things that just make me feel good? Like, that's just what I want and need right now. And so many people have that experience. So I appreciate that. We want to stay connected to the people right to the to the products to the food that that means something to our in our lives you know and so i appreciate that all right last but not least roy i want to bring roy in coming to us from boulder roy good to see you right on jensen good to see you too thanks for having me absolutely same kind of question at a high level you know the we've talked about the convenience we've talked about bringing kind of the familiarity of things that you appreciate kind of back into your life for you what's uh what's top of mind when you think about utilizing uh, delivery apps it's, it's time. It's 100% time. Uh, you know, if I had more time, I'd work more and make more money. If I had more time, I'd ski more. If I had more time, I'd cook more comfort food. Um, so for me, it comes down to time, uh, time saved, uh, you know, from going to the grocery store, from going to the restaurants, from uh, other delivery uh, things that are possible. Uh, for me, I haven't used that many different services. Uh, one that I have used and really have liked, uh, it's in Santa Fe, been really successful there. And now more recently in Boulder, uh, it's called Fetch. Yep. So they'll go anywhere and get anything for you. Um, so that is the huge time saver for me. So you're, you're talking beyond food, right? You're like, go pick up my 
dry cleaning my food yeah. and uh, some some staples to hang up a poster, right. like all of it. <laughs> yeah, the posters are important. Got to get those hung up for sure. Got to have, got to have the posters. I may mean, see a lot. You got a lot of decor, so I want to stay nice. with time. I think time is really great. We talked about the convenience. I think that's part of it is time, but there was also a little bit of straight mental headspace. Mm -hmm. So, so Roy, I'll stay with you for a moment when we're talking about time. The the time saved. You now have to to put value on that because you are paying a premium for the ability mm -hmm. to have that service, right? right. You're, you're paying delivery fees, you're paying convenience fees, you're paying fees that you don't even know what they mean, but they're on there somewhere. They're $2.99 here, they're $4.99 here, they're 10% over there. So yeah. you're having to put that on that. Why are you thinking about that when you're thinking about, you know, you're not doing a lot of your errands, right? Mm -hmm. And you're, you're outsourcing that. Why is that worth the money for you to save the time? Uh, boy, it's a few more minutes with my five-year-old son, Charlie. Uh, that's worth it. Or maybe a few more minutes just cleaning up after my five-year-old son, Charlie. Uh, that's <laughs> worth it. <laughs> um, you know, something I did last week, uh, ordered uh, Indian food, food from my favorite place, uh, Tandoori Grill, uh, not terribly far away. But uh, while the driver, the fetch driver was there, uh, I had him go around the corner to uh, Petty John's Liquor and pick up some, some beer for me. Uh, so getting a couple couple different stops from one delivery driver uh, does help bring those fees down in total when you kind of start talking about doing a couple different stops and uh, I guess more time with my family or cleaning up after my family, uh, whatever it is. Yeah. I appreciate that. Now, now I'm like, man, just getting food delivered doesn't seem like enough. I want some enough, beer, be more delivery as well. Let's stick with time. I want to come Alyssa back to you because you mentioned kind of the convenience factor, which feels like at the front, it's, it's time a little bit. So the time that it that it saves you, what's the value of that? I mean, you're making the commute, you're you're hustling, you're working the job. Like you know, you live on the East Coast; it's expensive. So like you have to <laughs> allocate your time and your resources and your money wisely. So talk about time as kind of the asset, the variable in this equation. Yeah, I was just you know to be honest, I had started to get very burnt out for a long time, and I just wasn't doing things I should be doing, like cooking and. You know, it was just it was just too hard. Um, and I guess to kind of keep myself afloat, I needed to order in. Like I just I didn't have the energy to go out. I didn't have the energy to cook. I didn't have the energy for much. And I had so little free time before I had to go to sleep for the next day, you know, that it was the only way I could really manage. Yeah. It's like thank you for for being vulnerable like that because I think it's serious because sometimes and it's interesting because thinking about being able to deliver food to your house and how long it takes and the convenience of it. Like, look, these are really fucking first world problems for sure. Let's be real. Absolutely. The convenience that we have to be able to make that decision. 100%. Yet sometimes you are, you're just exhausted and like to force yourself to do something that you know is what's expected of you, what you're supposed to do as an adult. And you just don't want to, I completely understand that where you're just like, somebody just do the work for me. And like, let me just be whatever that means. If it means like being able to, to eat something, being able to spend more time with the family. So I really appreciate that. So I, I got a better understanding of time. I think we really needed to value time. And it's fascinating because in restaurants, we, <laughs> we don't value time the way we should. What's, what's unique about it is we think in like tickets up in two minutes, 15 minutes uh, intervals to like check in with your tables. We think about table turns and times like that. Yet we don't value our time because we're like, we'll just keep running through that wall until we've 
exhausted all possibilities. And it's an interesting dynamic where we're always conscious of time, yet we don't value time in restaurants. The valuing of time needs to become more important for us, I think, for our own mental health and stability within restaurants as humans, individuals, and companies. Moreover, because that's what people are making decisions on. Clearly, we've already stated that here, and I think that just scales up. People are making decisions based on time, convenience, accessibility. So I really appreciate that. Shana, I want to come to you, and I, I think we got time kind of kind of nailed. I want to talk about um, accessibility. So for you, you're making decisions because you want to continue to frequent the restaurants that you enjoy. Yet some of the restaurants I'm guessing that you enjoy are not accessible in that way. And so that doesn't allow you the opportunity to frequent them. Give me an idea of, you know, how often are you ordering from the places that you really appreciate? How many places potentially are missing out on you ordering from them? Because this is the kind of the only way that you're you're able to get food from them during this time. Um, well, I think it's been really interesting because some of the places that I would like to maybe have the opportunity to get, like use a delivery app are not using them. Um, so, for example, just today, my boyfriend and I went and got brunch from this place called Toki, which is related to the Han Oak uh, spot here. Um, they're not using delivery apps, so we had to go and, like, go pick it up. Um, and that's totally fine. You know, obviously, like, I wanted to support it and I wanted to try it, so I'm going to go. Sure. Um, but I think it's it's kind of been um, interesting, too, because I've had to play, like, the app Gamble, because some places will use one but they won't use the other so it's like kind of trying to figure out like okay i want this particular place like how do i get it like what mm. app am i going to have to download on my phone so that i can get it to my house you know so now i just have like a whole folder on my phone with like seven different apps you know and then i'll just filter through the ones that i can find um that's a lot of hold on let me hover on that for a moment yeah. You're somebody who really appreciates and, and has, has, you know, worked in the industry. So you kind of appreciate and have, you know, relationships and all this. You're spending a lot of, of headspace, a lot of brain calories just to figure out how to do that, which makes you a, a, a unicorn for restaurants because most people go, no, that wasn't easy. Next, next, next. Yeah. Right. Like, so well, I'm like a hyper-focused person on something that I want, you know, uh -huh. so like there the second is. that I get the craving, like, I, I think there was like a maybe a couple months ago or whatever, where there was like this one thing that I wanted and the only app that they use or like delivery app that they use is caviar. And that was like the one that I didn't have. So I was like, okay, well I'll download caviar. Like I got to sign up for this whole thing, you know? Um, but if it connects me to that thing and now I just know like, Oh, if I want whole bowl, I have to go to caviar, you know, like now I just kind of gravitate towards, okay. You know, I've so you have to keep a mental food. catalog of all of the places that you appreciate and like, all the places that that uh the apps that they're actually on yeah I, i'm gonna start a spreadsheet I, I know i was just about to say it feels like that is like a a weekly newsletter that's distributed around the portland area right it's it like it's like pdx restaurant delivery app.com and yeah. people need to go there to find that because that is there's a lot of time and effort spent and then on the restaurant side this is a little bit of a vulnerability because we just expect people are going to spend this much time and effort. And you are definitely atypical. Not most people are going to spend that much time and effort to find them because they don't know where you are. Like you've got to make it easy for people to find you. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think, I mean, like one of the like valuations that I think I found on, or at least through the apps too, is that I'm, I'm a creature of habit. So like I will eat at the same places a lot, you know? 
Um, but the nice thing is that like using the apps has kind of been like, oh, there's this like, you know, cause like on Postmates, for example, they have like the party thing where you can see like these people, right. you know, you can whatever, skip your delivery fees. Um, it's introduced me to a lot of new restaurants too that I didn't otherwise know about. Um, so I don't know, maybe I'm just neurotic and I like uh, having, I'm now, OCD I, I, I see a side hustle business here, Shana, is what yeah. I just, what I just see, because we all need this. Like there's. There, there's a lot of anxiety in this system right now. And the places that make it the simplest, the easiest, make us feel the most at home when we're at home trying to get your food are winning. They just are. The harder that we have to work, the more challenging that they make it for us. You know, it's, it's like, think about your restaurant. Your signage looks good. Your hours are posted. You have menus on the front and the curt, you know, on the, the the sandwich board out front. You are doing everything you can to make it as easy and inviting for people to come put their butt in that seat. Yet we don't spend any of that time and effort doing that digitally. It feels like so often. It feels like cumbersome. It feels like I go there. I really want to get the food from them, and they're like, just pick up the phone and call us. And you know what? Sometimes like I don't want to call you. I. I'm sorry. I want to click the seven buttons and get the hell out of there and have my, my, my Indian food or my brunch. Like that's just what I want. And, and I know as somebody who who's owned restaurants, that's, you know, that's not best for the restaurant yet. What the restaurant needs to figure out is like, that's best for me. And I'm your guest. Invite me in wherever I'm willing to spend money with you is, is so, so important. So I appreciate that. Roy, I want to come to you. Same, same kind of thinking when it's like you know certain restaurants are missing out on your money certain restaurants uh are they they don't even know like i just mentioned the example of walking by the front restaurants all the time will 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 wait out front we will watch we'll watch people walk by we'll try to understand who they are what's going on we'll put tables at the very front to create a fishbowl so people see people interacting with the food having a great time and, and when people walk by, we go, what is going on? People are not coming to us. We'll peek our heads out and see the restaurant on the corner is super busy. It gives us an opportunity to learn and try and evolve our game. We don't see that. We just see that somebody never ordered food from us. We never see that, that lost interaction. So I'm fascinated in that. I don't know that there was a question there, Roy, but for you, thinking about places that are potentially missing out on your business, what are your thoughts there? I guess first, you know, Sean, I love it. I love that you have a spreadsheet organization around it. That's very much kind of my, my same mentality. But, oh, man, I, I don't want to deal with that. I just, I, I won't take it as far as you did. Congratulations to you for doing that. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I, just, I just won't make that much effort to order food and get it in. Um, again, I'll jump back to Fetch for a second. You know, they'll go, they'll go anywhere and get anything. So they'll go to any restaurant, any grocery store or ski shop to get skis, whatever it is. Um so that does make it easier to kind of avoid. So that is why I kind of, that's the one app I've been using a lot lately. And I haven't really, I've kind of dropped off on the other ones. Um, just making it easier. And I guess maybe that kind of gets a thought to, to my mind is that the drivers with Fetch actually call the restaurant and call the order in. So curious on your side, Jensen, on the restaurant side, what's that look like for receiving the order via phone call? Instead wait, of some wait, wait. Other, they, uh, they call in the order for you? Yeah, so on my phone, I'll, I'll I'll order everything through the app, you know, click a few buttons, uh, you know, make, keep it easy. Uh, but they'll receive that and actually call it in. Then you get the timing best uh, between the driver and the restaurant. So curious what that looks like from your they're end. Like, they're like a concierge. They're like Very making your reservations for you. Right. Oh, well, that's super interesting. Well, a couple of things I think are interesting because the, the timing 
is there. It also creates the potential for a stronger relationship. One of the things that's a real, real issue is driver restaurant relationships. The restaurant Mm -hmm. feel like that driver is taking their tip. The restaurant feels like that driver uh, doesn't, you know, walk in and, and is aware of their space. They just walk in with a red bag, waving it around, standing there awkwardly in the way of other guests. Like, so there's a little bit of an issue there that calling in the order, it seems like the driver has to take a little bit more ownership of that order, which potentially has it feel a little bit different in the interaction. It's kind of their order versus some random nameless, faceless person who looks at X address and I swiped to accept the order. So, so I'm interested there on the flip side, one more layer of communication is another layer to like miss the baton handoff. So, so I'm interested in that. Just have you, one, have you seen the positive sides of maybe a potential better relationship with the driver on your side of the restaurant? And on the flip, has there been moments where something gets lost or didn't get ordered or didn't get, you know, they didn't check all of the items that you had? Yeah, I guess anytime and I come from like an operations management background. So anytime you have a human being in the process, there certainly is that potential, right? Yeah. Uh, machines and that kind of thing, they work. Uh, humans certainly have the potential to screw it up. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, humans. Uh, but uh, the nice part is there's the constant communication between driver and customer. So there's kind of text mess- messaging back and forth. Uh, so if they get to the restaurant, like, hey, they actually don't have this. You know, do you want that kind of thing? So it is, I think you said, I think you just were concierge or you know, just more customized in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. So it's my experience has been uh, the positives have far outweighed the negatives. Okay. Had negatives and, and just just for some scale, because now I want to do some like quick math in my head. How, how many how many orders pickups would you say you've done over what period of time? Give me an idea of the scale. I'm fascinated. Uh, so, you know, fetch is you know, pretty new to Boulder, really kind of starting Christmas time, roughly mid-December, uh, probably 20 at this point. OK, myself. All right. So, so pretty, I want to stay in touch with you because I'm really fascinated. I love the idea of bringing more hospitality and humanity into the process i'm also interested like you said like the robots do make it a little bit more seamless even though we've all had massive issues with the robots fucking everything up with our orders and with all kinds of stuff so so i think there's 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 issues on all sides i'm, I'm fascinated in that though i think there's i think there's something there to our last episode was called curbside with a smile because I'm interested in how we keep hospitality in this process. I think there's an opportunity. I think we're missing it a little bit. So I appreciate that hospitality, uh, Alyssa, something I want to, I want to bring to you because I want to end with this. What is that? What is that feeling? Do you feel disconnected more? So if you use an app, do you feel like if it, if it gets my food there, then I'm good. Like give me an idea of your expectation as a customer when it feels like a seamless interaction uh, is it a cold interaction? Is there hospitality somehow in that process for you? Give us an idea there. Um, I do feel a little bit of disconnect because I mean, the, the reason why I love eating out is the experience, you know, of going to a restaurant and um, trying the food and talking to the staff and really getting to know, you know, the restaurant and the people there. Um, so ordering in, it's not the same experience. It's more, it's convenience, not really uh, enjoyment as much. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still enjoy the food. So I, (laughs) it's not quite the same. Um, it's really just out of necessity. And I do, I, I, I will say I do feel some guilt using it because I know that they take a large percentage from the restaurant. Um, you're also paying more than you would if you went to the restaurant itself, but not all restaurants have their own delivery. 
And um, even when restaurants do have their own delivery apps, very often they don't work quite well. It's yeah. it's not as convenient, you know. Um, it's I, their cousin Sal made it for them. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so like you try to, but you know, um, the truth is most people look for, you want instant gratification. That's the consumer way. So if it's not easy to use, it's not user-friendly, you're going to end up going to like Uber Eats or Grubhub or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? Restaurant people are the most instant gratification people you will ever come across in your whole life. Our loop closes very quickly. And it's one of the things that I need us to take a moment to reflect on. We love convenience just about more than any other animal on this planet. People that work in restaurants. It's why we struggle with things like substance abuse, because we want a quick fix. It is it is something we need to be aware of. It's one of the things that I say to people in restaurants, like, look, don't judge people that are willing to spend that money with you. When's the last time you picked up the phone to call the farm and drove to the farm to pick up your produce? You didn't. You got on an app or maybe you called and left a message or texted your salesperson. We also like convenience. We want things brought to us because we're busy in our restaurant lives. So I want us to take a moment of humility to to reflect on that because what you're talking about is like we can't cast that judgment and and shame people who are willing to spend money. And I see restaurants doing it. It just doesn't make any sense. If you want to be mad at DoorDash, fine. I'll get into that. I'll, I'll, I'll support you in that conversation. So I think there's something there. We are just as, as guilty, if that's even a thing, of, of going after convenience. Sheena, for you, uh, you, you clearly are spending a lot more time and effort on that convenience you know, is there some of that guilt for you? Do you feel like, ah, I wish I could go pick up every time? I wish I could go there. Do you feel like spending that money is worthwhile because you spent some money, even though some people are saying, well, you shouldn't be doing that, that are coming from restaurants? Give an idea there of just your general sense and feeling about going through the delivery process. Um, I will I will kind of echo what Lilla said that I definitely do feel a sense of guilt because I don't think that being out of the hospitality industry for as long as I have now, it's been a, quite a while, I don't think that I realized, like when, when I was in the hospitality industry, Uber Eats or whatever didn't exist. That was right. not something that existed. And so I didn't realize how big of a cut, um, you know, Uber Eats or Postmates or whatever it was getting for me taking advantage of that service. Uh, And so I do think that I've tried, like at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like ordering everything. Like all of my restaurant experience was through Uber Eats or through Postmates or whatever. And I feel like now I've tried to to support directly when I can. Um, You know, just like going today to Toki and like going and picking up food. you know, if it gives more money back to them instead of to Silicon Valley, like I'm totally going to do that, you know, when I have the opportunity. Um, but I think just like Alyssa too, I mean, I work from home and I work anywhere from 10 to 12 hours a day. So it's not always going to be convenient for me to like go out of my way to drive across town and go pick up food just for the sake of not paying like a $2.99 or $5.99 or whatever delivery fee is sometimes worth that time for me um but I am trying to be more conscientious of like am I being lazy or like could I really like let me get out of my 
700 square foot apartment for a second and go take a drive <laughs> and go pick up this food, you know? Uh, it's your one excuse to get out of the house for the day. Maybe that's yeah. Good. Uh, I mean, especially if it's more meaningful to the restaurant itself, you know? Um, yeah. I think that I had just like kind of lost touch or, or just was too naive or didn't realize. Um, and I think that now that I'm aware of those things, I try and be more conscientious of them and like, when I'm sitting down scrolling through my cell phone. Yep. Looking through your spreadsheet soon to come yeah. spreadsheet. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I want to, I want to finish with this because perfect segue from what you just said. I think there's an opportunity. We're going to talk about this more through the series as not only am I just trying to listen and, and really understand what's happening out there. Also trying to find those intersections where thoughtfully we're on, on the same page. We just don't know how to communicate to make the the exchange actually happen from the way that people are ordering. So one of the things I've been telling restaurants is the opportunity when you think about something like a third-party delivery app that's charging you 25 to 30%, I think about that as marketing. And if you think about it as marketing, I'm willing to I'm willing to spend 30% one time, two times, three times, four times, maybe even five times to gain a customer. Probably not willing to spend that in perpetuity for that customer, but I am willing to spend that multiple times. So then you come into like you have to remarket it. And I want to see if, if the three of you are interested or would engage in this way. I see a massive opportunity as all of us right now have QR code readers on this thing because of the new way that, you know, you can go to a restaurant and a lot of menus are, are on, on the a digital platform. Now there's no more dirty paper menus, no more of that getting handed to you. Right? So I think about that and I think about what if you had a DoorDash order and you put a QR code sticker on your food and people scan that QR code and took them to video saying, I am so grateful that you spent your hard earned money with us. We so appreciate that you're willing to bring our food into your home. And just so you know, it is really, really valuable for us to have you come directly to us. So we have, you know, call in orders and our team is always ready to take your order. We have an online ordering platform that my cousin Sal built, and sometimes it's clumsy, but we love Sal. Or you have a, a, a really sweet chow now or something, but there's some way for you to order food for me. And you tell them that story. And maybe you even show them how to finish the dish because you didn't send them soggy French fries piled with a bunch of stuff. The number one complaint I hear is soggy French fries. But you sent a little video and everything was deconstructed. And you said, pop these in the oven at 350 for six minutes and watch our chef the way that he garnishes this dish. And imagine if you did that. Maybe nobody cares. Maybe 25% of people care. Maybe half of the people that care order delivery two times but the third time they order directly from you. Those are the little things that can make all the difference for a business, a small business to be able to thrive. So I'm interested, would you appreciate being communicated to in that way, being made aware of the situation of the restaurants or would it just seem like, uh, I don't know, cumbersome spam? Uh, Roy, for you, what's your thought? It's no harm. I mean, I don't have to click on the QR. I don't have to do anything, right? Right. So it's all upside. Then it becomes a math problem. Like, okay, some percentage of people actually watch the video. Some people actually act on it. But I really like the way you were talking about the uh, the food prep. Uh, again, my ordered, I ordered a boatload of food from Tandoori Grill uh, last Sunday night. And I had lunch for like two more days afterwards. Yeah. Um, I put I put Marsala sauce on my eggs uh, the yeah. next morning. And it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, these kind of things, I, I would love to see a video like that. Like, hey, you got this? Try that kind of thing. That'd be great. All right. Coming up in a couple of weeks, it's called 
plating like a chef at home. It's the idea of how do we have people finish this without them having to feel like they all of a sudden got a meal kit and they're like, why did I spend all this money for me to cook half the dish? So there's a little bit of, of give and take there. Alyssa, for you, same kind of question. Is this interesting? Is this something you'd engage with? Uh, and then also everyone, the other two gave shout outs. Any restaurant you want to shout out? Because we'll tag them for sure. What's your favorite place to get delivery food from? Uh, yeah, I definitely, I like that idea. It's really cute. And, you know, speaking from a social media perspective, because, you know, social media for restaurants is more what I do. Um, I think that's a really cute way to kind of get people to want to be involved. Cause like you asked me earlier, do you feel disconnected? And yes, you know, because you're not dealing with the restaurant. Right. Um, and that's just a really cute way of kind of keeping that connection between the customer and the restaurant, you know? So I like that. And, and one restaurant you want to shout out. I want to make sure somebody out there in Delaware or in the city gets some love. Let's see. In Delaware, I'm trying to think. I don't order. Oh, on the spot. This is tough. Right. <laughs> there is. I do get a lot of food from, uh, let's see, a couple places. Um, great China restaurant. I like them. Uh, number one Chinese, I think they're called. And back in Brooklyn, um, I know I didn't order delivery to my, I didn't order delivery to my home, but to my friend's apartment, um, Bar Crudo was great. So there's just a few. <laughs> nice. All right. We'll get them all tagged up. We want them to know that they matter to you. So yeah, Shana, same kind of question. Is this something, you know, or maybe the QR code goes directly to your spreadsheet and say, hey, check out all the amazing <laughs> restaurants in our neighborhood. And by the way, Shayna, put them all together. You can check them out. Yeah. I talked about it in one of the last episodes. I think every restaurant should put out their top 10 restaurants to order food from. Mm. And only one of them is them because then you're cultivating community. Then they might not order from you every single time, but they'll come to you to look to where to go. And you have the attention that gives you opportunity. So I'm I'm a big fan of maybe where your side hustle is going, Shayna. But for you, would that be interesting? I think it would be really interesting. I uh, kind of zeroed in because I was like, oh, in, in my brain, I was thinking it. And then Alyssa said it. I was like, that's super cute. Like, I just kept thinking. Adorable. Like, really all I do is cute shit yeah. all day. That's it. I love, I am a sucker for cute shit. So like, for example, so one of the restaurants that I order from, and I think I haven't quite figured out, or I haven't figured it out, but I did take a drive to try and find a location. But I think that they're in Portland and it's just like a commissary kitchen situation because when I drove to the location, there was like nothing there. There was no brick and mortar. Um, but it's a spot called Crispy Rice. And they have like their whole, because I think like some things that restaurants kind of mix, miss the mark on is like when you order food through an app and then it just shows up in like this dingy ass container and it's like all kind of flopped in there. And then you're like, oh man, like. Mm -hmm. I remember eating this at the restaurant and it was like so pretty and now it's just like sloshed around in someone's Kia soul for 20 minutes. Um, yep. But crispy rice has like nailed it and cute. Like, you know, I'm at home and I'm eating it. Like you'll have to look at their Instagram because it comes in like this little box um, that has like instructions on the inside and tells you like Let's go. what every little thing is. Um, and then like each dish has a little compartment. They give you like little cutesy silverware and like a tiny little dish for your soy sauce. And it's just like, it makes it feel like not so, like they, they put the time and attention into it to like make it an experience for me, even though there's nobody there, you know, serving it to me. I'm golf um, clapping right now, yeah. golf clap. Yeah, uh, it's so cute. So what cute. a perfect 
adorably cute segue into our next episode is does to go packaging matter because i think that it does and i think this is a huge opportunity so here's what we're going to do is uh we are going to go to their instagram page we're going to take a picture of that and we're going to overlay it on the next episode and like shana said to check this out they're doing to go packaging correctly because i think there's a lot of opportunity i think also i tell on myself and this is totally digressing in the next episode we'll wrap this in a moment but i feel guilty because my number one to go food is Fudwe, my favorite foot place. And our order has like seven styrofoam containers. And I feel like garbage every time I order it. And then I eat it and I feel so good. And then I put away the leftovers and I feel like garbage. And then I eat it again the next day, like, you know, five lunches like Roy had. And so I think there's, I think there's people, myself included, not in this scenario. So I'm a hypocrite for sure. But I'm, I am making some decisions based on the overall impact that people are having and the interaction that I'm having and the quality of what I'm having and to go packaging does matter. So I appreciate you pointing that out. All right. Great episode. Alyssa, Roy, Shana, thank you so much. Thanks everyone for tuning in. I love that uh, all of us segued into other parts of this series because they're all intermingled. They all matter. So thank you for giving us your perspective and for continuing to support restaurants. And uh, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. You guys have a great one and everyone for tuning in. Have a good one. That is it for this episode 296. Have a great day. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the best served podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at best served podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes. 